Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and we are wrapping up our introduction to the dosha series with the final dosha, kapha. So if you are new to Ayurveda, this is a great place to start. Um, Ayurveda originated in India over 5,000 years ago, and we are chatting about the doshas, which are kind of the mind-body season, time of life, time of day, um, all sorts of things. They are kind of the pillars and the backbone of Ayurveda in a sense, and they're associated with the five elements. And so we're rounding out the um, discussion with Kapha. And Kapha is associated with the earth and water elements. And so this is your dense, your heavier, your large, um, your large, I guess, sense of a dosha. So it's stable. It's a very stable dosha. Um, often one of the things that I think of when I think of a kapha constitution in a, in a person is someone who's super grounded. They are the mama earth energy. You want to give them a hug and you don't know why. Um, that is your kapha, just steady person. So with the kapha dosha, the, the gunas, they, it's unctuous, it's cold, it's heavy, slow, liquidy, oily, dense, and static. And kapha is often associated with stability and strength. It is the, when I think about, um, just think about a yoga class and working in the pelvis. So often, you know, your vata dosha, you have a lot of that movement going on, but you might lack the stability. Well, kapha, you might have a lot of that stability, but maybe lacks a little bit of the flexibility and mobility. Um, it can be dense and hard to move. And so when kaphas can get in their own way is because they can get, you know, mind frame dense and hard to move. You know, they, they get stuck in their own way and they don't see things outside of themselves or see things. This is the way things are. And so that would be a kapha in stagnation. Kaphas are also very strong. They are the dosha. Um, often when I think about a yoga practice, most of my kapha doshas clients, if I've ever said, Hey, have you ever tried an inversion, like a headstand or a handstand or any sort of, um, you know, not a down dog, not your traditional in a yoga class that you might do, but maybe, you know, your in quotations, harder poses. Um, I mean, a lot of times they're like, no, I've never tried one. I, I don't think I can. And as soon as they try it, often that kapha just pops right up and holds it because they, they are stable because they're strong. So those are two of their um, best qualities just coming out in that pose. So it's also the role of nourishment. And then when we think about structure in the body, lubrication, support, providing the foundation for our physical, emotional well-being, these are all things that Kapha um, is known for. You know, they're fostering the vitality and health of life. So when we think about maybe that vata, the dryness, Kapha is the opposite. It's the lubrication at the joints. We need that lubrication so we don't get stiff so we don't get you know arthritis and just the overly dry sense kapha is the complete opposite so those are some some ways that we look at kapha in a different lens so imbalance first being out of balance with kapha common symptoms of a kapha out of balance is stagnation people can get stuck really easily you get stuck in a netflix and chill mode you know you have trouble getting going um you might 
have trouble getting motivated in general. If you're, let's say you're a business owner and you have a kapha imbalance, sometimes they are the ones who have trouble getting the momentum going. But once they're going, they're solid because they have the systems in place. They have that stability, but they might lack that initiation, that get go, that pitta fire. They need a little bit to get things moving. But then again, once they're moving, they're cooking. Other shadow sides or imbalances would be greed and hoarding. So sometimes kaffas have trouble letting go of things, you know, not just Hey, I got to let go of, you know, spring cleaning. This is also a great example. If we think about spring cleaning, if you don't have the compulsion to get rid of things, to spring clean your house, you might have a coffee imbalance. So if we look at that and we think, oh yeah, you know, often in spring, we have that just kind of mode of getting things done and we want to tidy up and let's get rid of old clothes. Or, you know, if we go in the basement, we're like, oh, there's 5,000 water bottles that we haven't used or pens. And if you don't have that kind of, um, drive to get rid of things that could be a kapha imbalance looking, you know, it's a little stuck. It's again, it's a little stuck. It's a little stagnant. We have cobwebs that are growing there. So that can look like greed um, in other words. And so greed would look like, you know, hoarding, they would be the ones who have like the 5,000 water bottles, you know, they might start to collect things like, so for example, during the pandemic, they might've been the people who had like 5,000 rolls of toilet paper at home and Kleenex, they, they, took everything that they heard there was going to be a shortage on and just overbought, overcommitted. My mom was one of those people and she is more of a Kafa constitution. And so those are ways that you can kind of see, oh yeah, I can see that showing up in our, in our lives. Uh, whereas in that example, a Vata would have been someone who is much more, ah, we'll figure it out. We'll go with the flow. I'm sure there's going to be something. And if there's not toilet paper, I'll use Kleenex. You know, they would be a little bit more, you know, flexible there. And whereas Pitta might be, you know, hey, nope, here's what the budget says. We're going to buy exactly what the budget says. And, um, you know, if we have to buy a more expensive one, we will account for that or less expensive, whatever. Pittas are just more planners. And so they might not hoard things, but they always had one extra, not 20 extra, but they'd have at least one backup. So those are a little ways that you can kind of see each of these doshas, you know, now as we're talking about the final one at play in our lives. And Kafa's imbalance are so, they're so warm. They're so loving. They are givers. They probably, gifts might be their love language. You know, they love to just give, give and pick out and shop for other people. Um, and if you're listening, you're like, that sounds awful. Like that's, that's how I am too. But my mom loves to shop and she loves to give gifts. That's her love language. And so if you know, you have someone who is a giver, Sometimes the shadow side is they overgive, they give, give, give until there's nothing left for themselves. So reminding that person that you need to take care of yourself, that you need a little self-love, make sure that you're buying a gift for yourself and not just for other people and always putting things out there um, without receiving anything. And sometimes the receiving can, you know, it can be from yourself and it, it should be, you know, from occasion we should receive from ourselves. And, um, other ones are, they're stable. They're the people who are pretty, like, I'm going to give them a phone call and say, Hey, let's meet for coffee. And they're really there's, you can count on them. They're there when you need them, they will show up for you. Um, they might have trouble getting up and going, uh, in the winter they want to show up, you know, but if they are really in a coffee imbalance and that's not like them and they start canceling or not showing up, you'll know, Hey, I got to go to my friend. I need to show up for my friend. I need to go to their house. 
that's one way you can kind of know on, you know, if this is a friend who's more kapha and they always are stable and they always show up, but all of a sudden they're not, this would be a way that, oh, I got I got to make sure I go to them because they might be in a little funk right now because kaphas can have some um, really big emotions. You know, they can get really sad. Depression tends to maybe fall under the kapha. Not always. There's all sorts of doshic um, depressions, but often the big sads, the big deep depressions can be more of that kapha nature. Because again, if we think about it, it's the heavy, it's the earth elements, it's the heavy water elements. So um, we might need help from a friend there as well as therapists, as well as medications. There can be other things too, but those would be little ways where, you know, maybe that's not what your friend normally is like. And you can throw, you know, go over there and help, um, you know, Hey, let's, let's throw a party for you because kafas do really well with other people. They are people persons. <laughs> um, they love to, to meet up. I was just talking with a client who is a little pit down in the little coffin. She was saying how she ran, um, a retreat for the first time with someone else. And she said, I'm never not going to do that again. It was so much fun having someone else to run a retreat with. And I said, that makes complete sense because you do have a big chunk of coffin in your constitution. Coffins often do better in groups. They have more motivation. They don't want to disappoint someone else. And so they're more willing to follow through with things. And it's just more fun when you're meeting with someone. So those would be, those would be ways that kaphas can motivate themselves. Now, uh, in terms of like seasons, kapha is associated with the spring season as well as late winter. So we're kind of in that kapha stage right now because our winter really was pretty weak here in Minnesota. It was not a, not a heavy, not cold. It was just pretty light. So very vata, but then now we're kind of in that kapha as the temperatures are warmer, as the snow is pretty much melted and it's muddy and it's gooey. Those are all kapha things. And so when we start to notice um, the weather changing, we want to make sure that we're moving because the opposite of stagnation is movement. And so we want to make sure that we move our bodies. We move our minds. Um, we are out there getting outside, still covering our ears to help protect that vata dosha because vata dosha is also kind of spiraling and still going on in the background. Uh, but those would be ways to kind of look at, hey, how can I help kapha? Foods to avoid, sweet, salty. So those are kapha foods that you might start craving at this time of the year. And so just monitoring how much you have and know, is this an imbalance or do I really need this? Often with my kapha clients, when they are craving a ton of sweetness and no matter like how much chocolate they have or how much sweet foods they have, they still feel like they're craving it. Often I say, where do you need sweetness in your life? Because you've probably overgiven and you're just lacking some sweetness. You're lacking some stillness, some space for you. And so that would be another tip. If you are someone of the kapha constitution or prone to that um, craving of sweet, where can you give that to yourself in other areas? Um, and again, we talked about the no motivation or stagnation in mind and body. And so if you start to notice those things, the best thing for kaphas is movement. So we talked about this with each of the dosa, doshas for vata. It's going to be kind of that stillness, meditation, slowing down, routines, pitta, it's self-care. It's also slowing down. It's processing and feeling your feelings and kapha, it's movement in both mind, body, um, and soul, making sure that you are providing some movement. And that often looks like working out, um, yoga asana, going for walks, a more, um, involved pranayama, 
and meditation, it can be more guided or uplifting versus a yoga nidra if you're feeling overly flat. Now, yoga nidra can also be an awakening one. You just have to find the right teacher. I will say that some teachers um, are better at yoga nidra than others are differently trained. And so you'd want someone that's going to leave you uplifted and not leave you feeling like you're falling asleep. Um, That would be also something to look at for, again, that kapha. So looking at the, the foods, warming foods are still best for kapha, making sure you're drinking enough water and avoiding those overly sweet, heavy, dense foods. So your root vegetables might be something that you, you don't have to eliminate. You just are aware of how many you're having. Um, yeah. And then yeah, the other things I would say would be yoga yoga and the kapha dosha. I actually just did a series this morning um, and it was all about back bends and heart opening. So it's super foggy here today, very gray in the low thirties. So pretty decent for Minnesota at this time of the year, but just a very gray ugh, feeling. So I said, you know what, we're going to do some back bends and heart opening. That's really good for kapha. We are sliding into the kapha time of year. So I had someone ask me after class, you know, I had told the class. If you are um, a Vata constitution, make sure you put a sandbag on your hips or on your feet, put a blanket over you. Cause you might start getting a little bit of a chill after the practice. And I had one of the, um, students afterwards ask me, tell me about, you know, why, you, why you said that. And so we talked about it and it made sh- complete sense to her. And so if we think about what I just described as our day here, it was gray. It was blah. It was a very, just low energy. And so to do the opposite means we're going to provoke a little bit of kapha. Um, we're going to kind of get the kapha churning and it was in the morning. So it was a morning class. This wasn't before bed. This was, Hey, let's get us going for the day. Let's, let's get some movement. And so with that, you know, everyone could feel the effects of the practice afterwards. And so that would be a style to practice. If you are in need of a kapha awakening, vinyasa is another one that's great for kapha. A lot of restore and yin might not be great if you are with a kapha imbalance. Um, Those are, again, only if you're in an imbalance. If you are balanced, totally, you know, you're going to love those classes. If you're overly drawn to those classes, um, you might want to find balance by going to some other uplifting classes. And then in terms of yoga asana to incorporate, if you're a yoga teacher, backbends, lateral extensions of the spine extensions of the spine and inversions are all good for kapha. And I would just invite you if you are a teacher to try them. So for me, I felt the buzz. I felt, you know, just kind of my vata had elevated because I, I provoked it, you know, by doing this very kapha heart opening backbending practice, it reduced any stagnation I had. And so I want to make sure I ground back down. So you might leave those classes, like maybe you did need it, But if you feel that overly buzzed um, energy afterwards, make sure like I went to a sauna and I meditated. So those were, you know, one way that I grounded back down. I had more grounding foods. So like I made um, some Brussels sprouts, a gnocchi, um, and I threw a protein in there. And so, and I had some ghee, like just grounding foods to help recenter. Um, Those would be ways to balance that for anyone who maybe doesn't have a kapha imbalance, but a practice like that is still good for everyone to do on a day, like a gray day, a gray, blah, foggy day in the morning. (laughs) And then as terms of pranayams for kapha, Kabbalah Bhati is great, Bastrika, 
Agnisara. Those would be great breaths. They're a little bit more activating. So those would be done more first thing in the morning. And that's great at this time of the year. So basically late winter through spring, great time to incorporate those in your morning routine. So those are a little bit about kapha. Um, I'm going to finish up with just a little bit about the mind-body connection for kapha. So I had talked about just kind of that mental well-being with the pitta. The kapha, they can be prone again to the to the sads and they get stuck. They don't want to leave their house and they really need to be around other people. You know, they, they should be around other people because they do really well. They're often the life of the party. They're the fun person that you want to talk to. Those are, you know, usually your kapha doshas. And so making sure that they do something for themselves. So if you're, if you're at home, what can you do to kind of keep yourself uplifted? So I have a coloring book, golden girls, coloring book and word search, um, you know, book that my mom gave me for Christmas and I love it. That's uplifting to me in the winter months, you know, come probably summer. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to be getting out my coloring book at night, but right now it feels really nourishing in the winter. It feels like a great practice. I know many others like to do puzzles and that's something that can be uplifting. Um, you know, it's just something for fun for you. Maybe it's reading, you know, maybe it is drawing or painting, but having a little practice like that is great for the coughist because it helps get you creative and keeps you in that, um, you know, state of mind, but it's also self-care at the same time. So kind of the conclusion of all of this, you know, my three pillars I love to lean on are movement, mindfulness, and mother nature. They benefit all three doshas. So when in doubt, you're not sure what you need, movement, mindfulness, and mother nature in any amount. Now, if you kind of are understanding, you know, what your dosha is, and then maybe when your one dosha is out of balance, because again, we can go out of balance in any of these three, because we have all three in us in varying amounts, opposites in Ayurveda heal. So just as I had told this um, lady today in class, said, I did this because, you know, this is the weather that we're having. This is the season we're in. And then I said, if I would have done this in the summer, it's a little bit too jarring. It's too uplifting of a practice. If the sun was shining and the weather was warm, and then I go into this huge backbend, huge practice, um, it's, it's too much and it's going to tip us back out of balance. And so those are some of the things to practice or to think about. If you're a teacher, if you are um, Im implementing any Ayurveda into your life, you are taking into account what is happening outside your window. So my weekly challenge, um, this week is where can you add in movement to reduce stagnation in your mind or body? So where might you be getting stuck and how can you throw in movement? Whether it be that like coloring book in the evening whether it be a daily walk, lifting weights, going to a group fitness class, going to yoga asana class. Um, that would be, that would be my challenge to you is add in movement to help reduce any of the kapha stagnation. All right. That concludes the uh, introduction to the dosha series. And we're going to kind of tune in probably in March again, I'm going to do another series. And if you have any requests for any, you know, three-part series or four-part, whatever you want, just let me know, you know, send me a DM over on Instagram at seasonal Andrea. Um, I would love to hear kind of any thoughts that you want me to go deeper into. And then I have an interview coming up uh, next week with uh, Amy Natalie. So looking forward to sharing that with you all. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.